It's your boy, Bigger Turtle here, back again, once again, with another episode of the podcast. It's a One Piece time. Yes, it is. It's One Piece time, y'all. Let's get it. So this week, we have chapter 960 released, titled Introducing Kozuki Odin. You already know what that means, y'all. And uh, I also review anime episode 908. And at the end, if you guys want to stick around that long, I do review the One Piece movie, One Piece Stampede. It's everything is full of spoilers. So those of you who are not caught up with like the manga, um, then you're probably going to be spoiled a little bit. Um, And uh, yeah, so. Like I always say every week, if you guys want to read the chapter One Piece manga for free, yes, it's free, you guys. Please don't um, don't read the scanlations. Don't read those when they come out a couple days early. Those are pirated. <laughs> you know, how, how, how ironic, you know, a pirate manga and you're pirating uh, the manga. Anyways, um, but yeah, that doesn't help out Oda. That doesn't help out the industry and it... You know, it hurts the business. It's, you know, it's a little disrespectful. It's, it's stealing. And, um, you know, we are pirates, though. So you're going to do what you got to do. I, I ain't going to judge you for exercising your, your freedom to do whatever you want. But, you know, just part of being pirates is, you know, uh, facing the consequences. There's nothing fair, you know, about uh, life. So if you're going to do it, you do it at your own risk. But I do not recommend it. I think, you know, as... Uh, lovers of one piece we should support it in the right way which is free just just wait a couple days uh for sundays and they come out free on the viz shonen jump app and the manga plus app and um you don't have to pay anything but if you do want to pay two dollars a month you can get every single chapter of every manga in the shonen jump app so i recommend that if you are a avid manga reader and uh you want to catch up or whatever just go ahead two bucks um read all of one piece 960 chapters anyways so yeah so like i said i have the manga review then the anime review and then the movie review and uh yeah so let's uh let's get into the chapter you guys Yo, 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 here we are, another week, another chapter, let's do this, chapter 960, this week's chapter just dropped uh, Sunday, it's, uh, as you guys should all know, you can access the chapter for free on the Shonen Jump Viz app, that's free, Um, you can access the chapter there, or you can access it on the Manga Plus app. Or if you don't use an app and you want to use the website, it's it's free on the website as well. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to be using the Shonen Jump app for this week's chapter. And let's just jump into it, you know what I mean? Like, uh, let's go. So I'm right there. And uh, so as I, I just see right now as I'm on the website, no, the uh, app. It says new chapter coming in four days. So we got an early chapter, guys. New chapter is on Friday. So that's interesting. 
Um, that's cool. That's cool. Um, but let's just get into this chapter. So chapter 960, as we remember from last chapter, we're getting into the flashback. They say, hide your kids, hide your wives, hide your livestock. Kozuki Odin is back, guys. So hopefully, let's get this reveal going. You know what I mean? So here we are. Oh, just as I fucking say it, the title of the chapter, Introducing Kozuki Odin. So we about to finally get revealed to Odin. No more silhouettes, no more armament hockey. Dude, he had the silhouette, silhouette, no me. You know what I mean? This fool was silhouetted for hundreds of chapters since all the way back in Zoe. That was when we first got seen his his uh, silhouette, and then you know, and and then in chapter nine twenty when they were talking about his uh, his past and all that stuff, and he's always been silhouetted. So let's see how this dude looks. So he's supposed to be a beast, you know, as we all should know. But uh, let's go. So let's do the, the cover story. So we got the Gang Beige's Oh My Family, Volume 10, On the Search, Find Lola. So looks like he's disguised. He got a little mustache going, so he, he don't want to get recognized. And he's got a picture of Lola. And uh, he's looking at these two chicks. And uh, that one girl on the left looks pretty familiar. I, I don't think... Uh, I've seen anybody uh, point that out, but doesn't she look like um, one of the girls from Amazon Lily? I feel like she was one of the girls from there, like the the smile, the eyes, and the the bangs. Huh? She looks familiar. I don't recognize the one on the right, but I guess he's. It's weird though, cause his thought bubble is. You know, left and right, and he sees like the braids, and then the girl with the hat. So, did he lose um, chiffon? Where's chiffon? Is she, did they split up to look for her? Cause he looks like he's looking for both of them, um, according to that thought bubble. But anyways, did we see Gotti off to the right? His shield that says Gotti. So he's uh, he's got the paper too, and he's looking. And we can see in the top, in the back, we see the, the Lucy statue. We see the God Usopp statue on the left. And then we see the Kiros statue on the right. So I guess he didn't recognize them. Obviously, he can't re probably didn't recognize Lucy. Because uh, he's disguised. But Usopp, he, you know, Usopp didn't go to Whole Cake Island. But, you know, uh... Um... But does he know everybody on uh, Luffy's crew? I don't know. Anyway, so let's get into the chapter. It's page one. So we, the background's all black. We're in full flashback mode. Here we go. So lush, deep forests, as far as the eye can see, where flowers and plants grow thick and verdant from the pure, coursing river water leading to the crystal blue sea. This is a story of Wano. From the time when life was still abundant. I caught one. So as we can see the beautiful Wano landscape. And we see all the beautiful leaves and trees. And the mountains and the flowers and the butterflies. And the little frog right there. The river. People are fishing. We see the fish. You know we see wildlife. You know the water's not polluted. We don't see any factories. 
Life looks good here in Wano. 41 years ago. Page 2. It's true. I saw it. The mountain was moving. The mountain? That's right. We were running for our lives from a moving mountain just now. It was groaning at us. That might be the work of the mountain god. So we see here a waitress tea house at the Cape Miss Suru. So this is Otsuru when she was young. So let's do the math here. 41 years ago, she looks no more, maybe about 20 years old, maybe younger. Uh, maybe like 18, 17, 16. Probably. Oda likes his girls young, like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So probably in that range and then if it's 41 years later she's probably in her late 50s and 60s so yeah she looks a little different she doesn't have the long face and the curved nose like she does in the present she looks smoking banging kind of like Komurasaki with the hair like that but uh anyways so and then they're like then the dudes are like no no she continues she says but why is it that you three look so pleased so we see three dudes right here that look a little busted. We just can't hide anything from you, Tsuru. Okay, we'll let you in on the secret. Only for you. You see, the truth is, we finally caught the legendary animal we've been looking for. It took us an entire year of searching. Look at this little guy. Ooh, what a beautiful white boar. If we take this boar, get a whole platinum for him. One platinum coin? That's enough to build a gorgeous home. So platinum, interesting. I think this is the first mention of platinum in the story. The Kurokoma. Kurokoma, yeah. The Kurokoma boss wants the legendary white boar to display outside of his place for all to see. There was a bounty on the beast, but no one was ever able to find it. As a sideshow? No. White boars are the agents of the gods. Da ha 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 ha. Oh, you're so sweet. It's just a rare creature, that's all. Let me see what is that. Ktunk. Oh, just a moment. Snag. She grabs some dude by the back. You were just taking money from my purse again, weren't you? Fess up, Kinemon. Ah, stop, Misuru. We've known each other since we were kids. So this is Kinemon when he was young. He's got light hair. He doesn't have any facial hair like he does in the present. Looks like she's got the, the pinky death grip twisted behind his back. And, uh, you know, knowing what we know now that they're husband and wife, it's pretty interesting. Says, come on, your brother in spirit needs some cash. Since when were you my brother? You're out of money because you gambled it away. Do you know how much money you owe me already? The next time you try to steal from me, I will collect what's mine by selling your organs. <laughs> Kinemon looks scared as fuck. <laughs> and then he goes and it continues, if you can't pay me back, I'm going to shake you down for everything you got. Clothes included. Well, 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 Tsuru, thanks for the food. We'll just leave the payment here on the table. <laughs> They're all like nervous because, you know, they just seen her fucking manhandle fucking.
walking away. They run away. And you can see in the background some hustle and bustle. Uh, they probably fucking. <laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> nah, but uh, there's some shit going on down there. Anyways. Ah, it's you, the man we just saw. So thug from the capital, Kinemon. So Kinemon's a bad dude here. Look, he, he, he. So she did take all his clothes. Maybe they was fucking. <laughs> and uh, he's like, did you think I couldn't hear you blabbing on and on? Thanks for the tip about your boar worth one platinum. Looks like today's my lucky day. I feel like I won the lottery. All I had to do is hand this over to the Kurokoma boss and... Wachu! Hey, you, give me your clothes and your wallets. So, we're looking at the board. It looks all shiny, like a shiny Pokemon. Well, it's next page. We're to page seven. Wow, this is moving fast. Well, it seems that Lord Odin has no talent for sailing. He has attempted to break our laws and sail to sea, or... I believe this is 38 times now. I'm amazed he survived them all. To quickly sum up his life thus far. Bang! So here we are. We're introduced to a new character. Shogun of Wano, Kozuki Sukiyaki. This is Odin's father. So we've heard this name before um, about him being the Shogun. When we heard about his past back in chapter 920, and uh, Kinemon was telling about Odin, how Odin was the daimyo of Kuri. And uh, he became daimyo of Kuri after he was um, banished by his father for all the crazy shit that he used to do. So Odin's some one crazy motherfucker. And we about to learn the sum of his life thus far. So before the age of one, he threw his wet nurse to the ground. At age two, he was quick enough to catch two hares at once. At age four, he obliterated a bear by hurling a boulder at it. By age six, he was regularly visiting the pleasure halls and spending the palace's money. Holy shit. And at the age of eight, in a drunken rage, he engaged in a brawl with other gamblers. And by nine, he was on the Yakuza blacklist, forbidden from entering the gambling den. Y'all, that's a fucking a quick sum of his life thus far. That's an understatement. So, we got father of the year over here. Motherfucking Shogun. Who can't control his own son. Like, how the fuck? First of all, a wet nurse? That means the what the mother wasn't around? Like what what does that mean? Where's the mom? Where's Odin's mom? And H two but H four he obliterated <laughs> I like the choice of words here, Stephen Paul. Obliterated a bear by hurling a boulder at it at H four. And then at six, this is the shocking one. He regularly visited the pleasure halls. Yo, this food this dude was This dude's Momo. <laughs> no wonder this is definitely Momo's dad. Momo's a fucking perv, and I guess uh, Odin is too. And then this fool at age eight in a drunken rage. This fool's getting drunk. Come on, dad. Where were you? What, 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 what's the parenting here? And then he's on the Yakuza blacklist and forbidden from entering the gambling. Now, this fool was gambling, drinking, fucking everything. Next page. In revenge, he set fire to the den and waged war on the Yakuza. He was arrested for assault, and this was at just 10 years of age. 
Jesus. For rehabilitation as a prisoner, he was sent to the quarry where his talent blossomed. In fact, he rose to the rank of chief stonemason. That's the Kazuki blood in him. Yeah, right, because as you guys should remember, the Kozuki clan are the ones who made the Poneglyphs. They're famous stonemasons. So that's his blood. From there, he left prison and reformed his ways. When Lord Odin was 14, the capital was in a terrible drought. Unable to bear the sight of people suffering from the dried out wells, he curved the river itself to run through the capital. The resulting flood damages led to another warrant for his arrest. But Lord Odin attempted to ride that river directly out of the country, at which he also failed. <laughs> so we see freaking the Shogun Sukiyaki head in his hand, like freaking face palming himself like, oh, jeez, Like, dude, you're his dad. What do you mean? Like, this is your son. What the fuck are you doing? Anyways. So this guy continues. He says, Then, when he was 15, he threatened the priest of a secluded mountain temple into sheltering him. He would uh, abduct women from the capital late at night to take back for his to his own personal harem. Oh, Jesus, dude had a harem. It's, it's like something a spirit or a goblin would do. That's his dad saying. I should add, however, that the women were always free to leave if they wanted to. Oh, great. <laughs> at least at least there's that. You know, they he didn't keep, keep them fucking prisoner and shit. They could leave if they wanted. But I guess, you know, they saw one good look at that dick and they're like, I'm going to stay. Anyway, so this, however, provoked the ire of the men in those women's lives. Fathers, husbands, hardy samurai who joined their cause. Lord Odin gleefully met them in battle. This is widely known as the harem war. Jesus, this fool had a war to keep his harem. Them bitches must have had the pussy of a god. Goddess. <laughs> and in the picture, if you look at the picture, you can see a woman on the back of Odin. As he's jumping through the flames about to fight. He's like, it's my bitch. And they, she, they, I mean, they wanted to stay. So I don't know why the husbands and fathers and shit were mad. You know, it's her choice to stay. But he did kidnap them. One of those, like, Stockholm Syndrome kind of shit. I don't know. His older dude's a crazy motherfucker. So even the Hyoguro family was drawn into the fighting when he attempted to restore the peace. The total number of casualties caused by Lord Odin single-handedly was over. Enough! I've heard enough. <sighs> yes, sire. Lord Odin is now 18, and he continues to stir up trouble at a healthy rate. Say nothing to Odin, just give him this. We see a paper that says disownment. So he's disowning his own kid. Fool, you're the one that fucking uh, didn't raise him, right? How are you going to disown your son when at age fucking six, he was on the pleasure halls and fucking getting drunk at eight? Like... Guess you got a whole fucking country to run. Don't let him get away this time. He went that way. Let's get him on. Now, now, now. Just a moment, I say. I'm about to come into a big sum of cash. We know you're a liar, you cheater. 
So I guess it's the uh, the people that he owes money to. They're trying to get him. And he's like, I got, I'm about to give you some money. Hold on. And they think he's lying. He's like, it's true. Just let me go to the Kurokoma family mansion. Kinemon? Ah. The kid who stole our money. Catch him and flay all the skin off his body. So we see the Hyogoro, the flower, when this fool was a beast. So he looking chunky. He got the flaming hair. He says, don't just fight him man to man. He's stronger than any of you. Ha <laughs> ha, nice joke, boss. We'll catch him in no time. So I guess Kinemon's a beast back then. He says, next page, page 11. He says, you bought the wrong pot? Well, the larger kind will cost you 60 silver. It says, yeah. So, will you take back the 30 silver pot I bought earlier in exchange? Yes, of course. And I already paid you 30 silver when I first bought this one. Plus, the value of the pot makes 60 silver. So, I'll take the big one. Oh, pleasure doing business. <laughs> so, this fool just... <laughs> he thinks... So since he paid money, the 30 silver is already, he does, wow. It's like, it's like he paid him the 30 and then he wants to give him back the pot for an extra 30 and that makes 60. But this fool just got tricked. He's like, hey, hey. Orphan of the capital, Denjiro. So finally, guys, we get to, to see Jen Denjiro. So all those theories, whole bunch of people's theories just went out the fucking window. It's not um, it's not Kyoshiro. This does not look like Kyoshiro. Um, in fact, upon first look, he, he immediately gives me um, Zoro's sensei vibes. You know, Koshiro. Um, then we see, you gotta be kidding me! He just built thirty silver off that guy. Wake up, General Store. Hey, Denjiro. Because they're like, what the? How how come I only have thirty silver now? Duh! Cause he just he just fucking paid you thirty, gave you back the pot, and just got the sixty. Anyways, crematory, flower capital. Sir Samurai, please, you must stop him. So we're in the crematory. Grandpa Katsuzo, there, there, don't cry. Well, then again, it is a funeral, so crying is expected. What's the matter? The cremation is finished, so the family was going to go in to collect the bones. But look at him. He's boiling a pot of Odin over my family's remains. Odin, you say? Oh, here we go. Odin. Oh, shit. Turned it sideways for the full spread. We see Lord Odin. <sighs> so, yeah. <laughs> Take a look. Wano Shogun's heir, Kozuki Odin. This dude's a badass. So we see like a freaking... We see the bones on fire. And this fool's cooking a pot of Odin on top of it. And uh, disrespecting the the uh, <laughs> the body. He's like, oh no, half a fight. Half a half a. So I guess he's uh, he's trying to say something while he's eating it. I don't know what he's saying, but this fool's just chowing down. He's got two sticks in his hand. He's got chopsticks in his other hand. He's eating the Odin. 
while still fucking hot. He's like, I, they're like, I can't tell what he's saying. Get away from father's remains. <laughs> he's disgracing my father-in-law's death. Heffa, ha, ha. So this fool's just chowing down, drinking the sake, just chomping. So let's take this deep, long look at Odin here. Damn, so this fool got that flat top. So that's that's interesting. Um, he's got thick eyebrows, some thick ass sideburns, no no mustache, no beard or nothing. And uh so he's supposed to be eighteen here. Interesting, interesting. Forty one years ago, if he were alive, that would make him what fifty nine. So he would have been a beast. Anyways, so here we go. So everyone's watching and crying. Then this fool grabs the freaking hot scolding pot. You can see his hand burning. Like, look, look, look. He's just eating the last of the Odin. He's like, Phew. he's like, so long then. Punk. And he puts down his sake uh, cup or whatever. And it says, the next drink we share together will come in the afterlife, Katsuzo. And now, if the family will pardon my interruption. I'm sorry, he never explains himself. So this fool just ups and leaves. He fucking uses his body to eat Odin. I mean, I don't know. In a way, to me, that's a bit respectful. It might be my opinion, but shit. It seems like he knows him. He said the next drink we share together will come in the afterlife. So he respects him. He He's like sharing one last meal while, he, while he's dead. He just came back, so... I don't know if it were me, shit. I, I wouldn't mind my friends using my body to like heat up his one last meal or something. Shit. Like, what? Is that what's going on? Oh my, what a man! So we see all these girls like they're crying with hearts in their eyes and they're all love, 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 love. They're all fucking love struck. I guess this fool's like hot to them. Anyways, they're like, oh no, stop the wives and daughters. So that's one of the legendary Odin's speeches. Ba-bang. Kunk. So we see the sake and we see the skull fizzing out. Have you come here to apprehend me? Yes, but I'll accept a bribe too. You're not supposed to say that. So I guess they're, so some dude's about to take Odin, but the guy's like, yeah, but if you want to bribe me, shit. Say, like, what's going on here? No one's avoiding me like usual. It seems like there's a fire that's got them preoccupied. The bells have been ringing. Bang, 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 bang. Hey, is it a big fire? Said it's not the fire that's big. Kaboom. He's like, what? Said, don't you know what that is, kin? You shouldn't be carrying that thing around. What? This white boar. Don't you think the Kurokoma boss is trying to use it to destroy the Hyogoro family? Like, what do you mean, Denjiro? I mean that whatever that piglet is found, the adult boar is sure to come charging. The ancient scrolls say that, um, say it's a white boar the size of a mountain. That's what they call the mountain god. There's a story about it destroying an entire village in the course of a night several hundred years ago. I always thought it was just a tale, but now that I've seen this white boar for myself, the big one must be... 
Bang, bang, the mountain god. The mountain god is real. We'll all be devoured. Many have succumbed already. Abandon the capital. Flee for your lives. Ah! So we see the, the capital. We see a bunch of destruction in the background. It doesn't look like I don't see any mountain, but we see a bunch of destruction. And we see, and off to the left a little bit, we see like a pig with eating the houses or something i don't know but and it says it's come for revenge kinemon's crying it's like did i just accidentally doom the capital and then we see some guys like that was a fascinating story you just said whoever you are kozuki odin it's like give that board to me huh and that's the end of the chapter next chapter hits november 1st guys Dun, dun, dun. So we about to see Odin save the day, guys, or at least try, I guess, because uh, so that board. I mean, as we know, the flower capital doesn't get destroyed, and uh, Odin's taking the little boar, so maybe he's gonna try to um distract the mountain god and try to uh lure it away from the capital or something but yeah we're in full flashback mode now guys flashbacks are the best in one piece so this should be a long flashback honestly if we're gonna get the whole flashback i mean unless they do two flashbacks but i think uh one big long flashback should be enough um so we'll get up to we gotta figure out when he leaves the 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 Wano country, and I wonder if we gotta learn like how he gathers his followers. Well, he doesn't leave till later, right? Because by the age twenty, he becomes daimyo of Kurdi, so he gets banished. So yeah, as we know, his dad is giving him the disownment, you know, letter. He's gonna be disowned. He's going to be banished out of the flower capital and sent to Kurdi. And then uh, from there, we learn that he like he tames or like he has a fight with Ashura Doji. So that's when we'll, we'll see him. We got to get introduced to the, red of the, the, less, the rest of the nine scabbards. So we see Denjiro, which looks to me like Zoro Sensei's dad. But it could be just some guy that looks just like him. Um... The sword looks pretty similar to the Wadoichi Manji, but let's do the math here. So, Kyoshiro, I mean, not Kyoshiro, Koshiro, Zoro's sensei, um, is 51 in present time in the story. So, 41 years ago would make him 10. I mean, Dejiro kind of looks 10. Um, he's an orphan, so that's interesting, but... He's the one that's missing. The one uh, red scabber that's missing. Well, if you don't count Izo from uh, Whitebeard's crew, I think that is Izo, right? In the SBS, Odin answer, because we get the little flashback of the nine red scabbards um, when they were younger, and that was uh, Izo was there. And uh, it's not Kiku. So Kiku is not originally part of the red, the nine red scabbards. Which brings me to believe that she could be, you know, it's very likely that she could be the traitor, you know. 
after watching this this week's uh, anime episode, Kiku's a little sus. You know, she's a little suspicious. Interesting that she got sent to the future. Why did she get sent to the future? Did she replace Izo? Did was Izo already gone on the Whitebeard Pirates by the time? Um, Odin was killed, and they had they tried to all that stuff, and Kaido and Orochi overthrew, and became you know leaders the the, the dictators of Wano. I don't know. Hopefully, a lot of questions get answered, but uh, so yeah, we got to get introduced to the Red Scabbards. Um, so Kawamatsu, Denjiro, we introduced Kinemon, introduced, we gotta see Raizo, we gotta see Kanjiro, we gotta see, uh, you know, Ashura Doji, and, uh, I think that's it, right? And then obviously the two, you know, Dogstorm and Cat Viper, or Inurashi, Nekomamushi, and then, uh, yeah, so... And then he's gonna leave, join the Whitebeard Pirates. Then he's gonna join the Roger Pirates. Then he's gonna, they're gonna find the One Piece. Then he's gonna come back, and uh, you know he's gotta meet his wife Toki. He has Momo and Hiori, and so uh, you know a lot of shit's gonna happen. So this could be a long ass flashback, honestly, like six plus chapters. So so far I would say we are. This is one for official chapter, I would say, because. The flashback didn't technically start till this one because last week it was just what one page. Um, so flashback starts this starts today, this week. So this is one chapter. I think five more. I don't. Know, I honestly don't think that's enough to tell the whole story. Maybe they're gonna split up the uh, flashback. Maybe this is just gonna be up until he he leaves. Uh, I don't know hard to say uh next chapter i would assume that my predictions are he'll be obviously this whole mountain god thing is gonna be be resolved depends on how much odin's i mean uh, oda is gonna stretch this out is he gonna make the whole chapter about the mountain god or like the mountain god thing could be like a couple pages of the chapter and he's gonna be a ban uh uh what's the word uh uh banished or no yeah something like that banished but exiled there you go that's the word i'm looking for so he's gonna be exiled to kuri and i would assume maybe that's where the chapter ends him being exiled to kuri or he could go past that and he can where he meets maybe it ends with him seeing ashura doji something like that um so that's where i expect the next chapter to be um This flashback has to jump around in time a lot because if he's 18, he doesn't become the daimyo until 20 and he doesn't leave until after that. So there's got to be that two year time skip and then more years and it's going to be like several years later. This happened. It could be a montage. Who knows how Odin's Oda is going to do this flashback, but he does do flashbacks very well. You know, the last flashback we we remember was uh big moms right i think it was big mom yeah and that was pretty pretty good that was, I think it was four four or five chapters i think it was four chapters yeah so uh 
One of the biggest things we get introduced is uh, Denjiro. We see Denjiro. A lot of people think it could be Koshiro and me included. That would be interesting because we do know that like he's part of the Shimotsuki village. Ah, that's 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 a deep uh, deep theory to try to get into. Um, how would he have left? You know, he did have his daughter Kuina. Maybe that really wasn't his daughter. Um, a lot of things, a lot of speculation. Um, we do know he is from Wano. Well, he's not from Wano, but he has a Wano heritage because Shimotsuki Village and his father, I forgot what his name was, because um, Koshiro and then something Zenjiro. I don't know, but... Uh, Somebody left Wano 50 years ago. Wait a minute. It was 50, and this is 41 years, so that's 10. So maybe he, the orphan is Koshiro. And his dad is the one that left 50 years. So that'd be 10 years before this flashback. And, and Koshiro would be around 10. So maybe he is the orphan, and his dad is the one that left, founded the Shimotsuki village over in East Blue, and then later, Denjiro slash Koshiro left Wano to the East Blue to, to I don't know, finish his father's business as a training dojo or some shit, I don't know. I don't know, still a lot of speculation, uh, too soon to tell, really, but he definitely has the, you know, the glasses, the the round face, the the eyes, the, the ponytail, the age kind of matches up right, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, so, we get introduced to this whole platinum thing, a mountain god, I wonder if this mountain god thing will be, uh, uh, relevant in the present if that little one is going to grow up to be a big boar maybe that could be something that Tama tames and then um, can have because uh, you know she has her little kibidango powers where she can tame wild animals that should come into play a little bit later don't you guys think I mean that's that's more of like a Chekhov's gun right like Oda introduces that and it's like you got to use that Against the animal, the beast pirates, you know, the animal kingdom pirates, they're all, she tamed um, speed, so she can tame anybody with those powers. So, I wonder if she could tame uh, Kaido, you know? Uh, what if Kaido eats her kibidango? Will he be tamed? Would that be an ass pull? I don't know. I mean, she could tame, can she tame, um, like, real Zoan Devil Fruit Eaters or just the the half the the smile for Devil Fruit Eaters? It's a good question. Um, if that's the case, then she could tame everybody on the Beast Pirates. Um, otherwise, what the 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 best hybrid the smile fruit would be? Um, I mean, Hold'em was like the highest, right? He was a headliner. Speed was a headliner. I wonder if she would tame... Imagine if Momo ate it. Because he's a smile devil for Ezer. So he would be... Tama's master. I mean, Tama would be his master. Interesting, interesting. A lot of theories. A lot of theories. But yeah, that's going to end my uh, 
manga review and uh let's just uh get into the anime review Yo, what's up guys? It's the anime review section right here. He's your boy. Back again with the game with the anime One Piece. Let's go. So that's uh, this one is the review of ep- anime episode 908. Let me check the title real quick. Uh where can I do that? Uh, Funimation. Dun, dun. Funimation, so yeah, episode 908, let's let's check this, it's the one where, um, last week, we reviewed, uh, the Romance Dawn one, and this one is called The Coming of the Treasure Ship, Luffy Taro Returns the Favor, so, yeah, so this is the episode, the whole episode is basically him, um, you know, with the treasure ship, with all the food and stuff, he's giving it to the people. A very heartwarming episode. They stretched that out throughout the whole episode. It's interesting. Um, they added a few things that were not in the manga, like a l- just little filler clarifications. I like it. Like, like in the manga, it was really fast paced. Like it was like a couple pages where like the ship showed up, then like Luffy shows up, and then they're all eating, and then boom, like it's all done like that. But in the manga, I mean, the anime episode, they stretched it out to make it feel, uh, give it a better feeling. I like that. I, I, I like that they didn't rush it because it it, it it helped with the the atmosphere, the emotion, the feeling of the episode. Um, one, some things they added, though, was like clarification on where Luffy went because in the manga, he just like disappears at some point when they're when he's on um, speed with Tama. And then in the anime episode, you know, Speed and Tama end up on the treasure ship and Luffy's gone. And he said, you know, he'll be right back in the last episode. And this and in the anime, it shows that he went to go get the fresh water. He went back to the town. They had the huge water and he goes and gets it. And then he goes and he's going to take it in the manga. He just disappears. And then when they show up in the town, he just shows up with the water. So I like how they added that he like shows him going back to get the water and then he comes back and stuff like that and then uh yeah so you know throughout this episode we see uh law he's a little he's getting frustrated he like visibly frustrated with the straw hats he's frustrated with with zoro for he's because zoro's supposed to be a ronin in the flower capital and then He's upset that Luffy's blowing their cover. Hawkins knows their the shit that's going on. It's all Luffy's fault. He's mad that Luffy's just doing whatever he wants. He's not sticking to the plan. And they're supposed to be like you know over like fucking like in this in uh, uh, disguise like uh, like you know supposed to be sneaking you know like not they're blowing their cover and shit. So um, they're not ready to to fight 
Kaido and them head on yet. You know, they got to gather their numbers. They got to make their plans. They got to wait till the until the fire festival and all this shit. So, um, yeah. So Luffy and them is jumping the gun. And Law's getting frustrated, like understandably so. And uh, and uh, Kiku looking a little suspicious. She's just kind of like watching what's going on. It's kind of like. Well, like, shocked and, like, amazed at what they're doing. So they show up with the food, but before they show up with the food, we see the Okabori town, the leftovers town. Um, They are, like, very desperate. They're at their wit's end of, like, a lot of them are, like, on the verge of dying. They're so hungry, their stomachs are growling. They're just waiting for the leftovers, barely surviving, barely scraping by. And one th- one change, uh, one noticeable change from the manga to the anime, was that in the manga it was it was pretty uh, it's pretty controversial moment in the manga when it happened. But as they were showing the town right before they showed up with the food, we see how desperate these villagers are. And at, in one panel, we actually see uh, a mother about to kill her baby because you know she can't afford to feed it anymore. And, like, people are praying and stuff like that. She gets a knife. Or maybe she was going to kill herself. I don't know. But she had a knife. And she was pointing it either at herself or the baby. And some people were going to commit suicide. You know, like, it's just... It's a very fucked up situation, you know. Uh, for being a, a young adult's uh, manga, uh, young adult story, it, it gets pretty, you know, mature and graphic sometimes with the themes, you know, like they, some past themes have been, you know, slavery and, and, uh, torture and, you know, just the corruption and, and betrayal and a lot of mature themes, you know, throughout the story. But in the anime, they ended up, they didn't show that part. It was just, you know, the same scene, but without the knife, without showing that, you know, she's going to kill herself. It was just, just crying and desperate and then you know they show up with the food and everyone's happy everyone's just fucking it's like they save the day honestly like they're they're fucking heroes here and uh one thing i saw on twitter was some guy made a video i think it was geo something he made a video showing the growth the character growth of luffy as like back in fishman island when jimbei was trying to explain to luffy about being a hero and like he's got to be the he- the hero for the island and Luffy has no interest in being a hero. He doesn't want to be a hero. He cuz he says, you know, being a hero is like uh like if there was a banquet, the, the way he this is the way this is the way uh Luffy describes it. He said if there was a banquet like he would have to, as a hero, he would have to, you know, share all the meat and, you know, and do like that, but he doesn't want to share the meat. He wants all the meat for himself. He's like, he doesn't want to take on that responsibility of, um, you know, helping, making sure everybody gets their fair share. And he doesn't want, he doesn't want that. He want, he's, he's thinking about himself. He wants his, he wants all the meat. You know, he's, he's selfish. He does what he wants, but in, in contrast to this episode, he, he shares all the food, you know, he, he doesn't, he's not even eating, there was a part in the anime episode where the guy's like, oh, look at all this meat, he's like, meat, meat, you better give me some, but 
You know, he says, give me some. He doesn't take it all. You know, before, as we've known throughout the story, that he he'll take other people's food. Like he don't he don't give a fuck. Like he he'll snatch the freaking meat right out of your hands and eat it. But in this episode, he showed that he's making a point that like he he told Tama, you know, he's he, he wants to make this a uh, part of her everyday life because she thanks him for making it the best birthday ever. And she'll never forget it. And he said, don't set your standards so low, you know. Don't set the bar so low. This, this, but he said by the time he leaves this country that uh, she'll be able to eat whatever she wants, whenever she wants. And uh, it's very, that's a very uh, kind gesture. And one of the more heartwarming and touching moments was uh, when he said that. Thomas started getting tears in her eyes and she remembered in a little flashback of when Ace, when she met Ace. And uh, a couple years back, Ace was telling her that when they come back to the country, that he's going to, he said the same thing. He's going to make, make it so that they can eat whatever they want, whenever, whenever they want. And they said the same exact thing. So, you know, like, there's for sure, like, comparisons here going from, you know, Luffy and Ace. In that they had the same ideals and the same good heart of trying to help others. And, you know, they want the best for everyone. Because what's best for everyone is what's best for you. And, uh, and like he, like Luffy said, this is, it was a really touching moment. He got down on his knee and he put his hand on her head. And it was like a, like a, a white glowing background. And like time stopped for a second. And he said, Tama, this is... This is my payment, repayment for you feeding me earlier. You know, because she, you remember, you know, she, today was her birthday. And she, she doesn't get to eat um, that much throughout the year. And only, she only gets to eat the, the rice, um, the tasty, pure, clean rice twice a year. One on her birthday and one uh, some other day, I forgot, but... But in, because Luffy was hungry, she gave it to him. And he didn't realize that she didn't have anything to eat. So, you know, that was very kind of her to give him the only thing she ate you know, on her birthday. her Basically, her birthday food for the whole day, she gave it to Luffy. And that selfless act, you know, was repaid by Luffy. He didn't, you know, good good things happen to good people sometimes, you know. And that's what Luffy tries to do do here and he like he said this is repayment for for eat feeding me earlier and he wants to do this every day it was a it was a very heartwarming episode like everybody was thanking him the they were saying like my baby's energy is back and it was a pretty funny moment where, like the baby's all like freaking they got like a, a they like, not angry but like a very determined uh feisty uh look on his face like a lot of energy and and grit and he starts jumping and kicking his feet like yeah and then one old man was like i like my dream came true like these people's lives were have been horrible for 20 years you know ever since kaido came in and for the first time they're getting to eat real clean food clean water and and it was as much as they can feel it was like fruits and vegetables and you know meat and fish and and wheat and all this stuff and it was very 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 
you know, tugs at your heartstrings, you know, like it makes it makes you a little teary eyed, you know, watching it and seeing like just letting it impact you of what what this means, you know, in the in the full scope of of the the arc of the anime and what's going on here, you know, not just with the surface level of like, oh, he's bringing them food. But like if you really stop to think about everything that's happened for how long and Kaido being the dictator and, you know, Luffy, he just showed up. He doesn't even know these people. And, you know, he just he wants to make this their their everyday existence. And it's just, yeah, it's very um, inspiring. But anyways, so uh, with this, though, Law is pretty frustrated with Luffy saying he's, you know, he's not supposed to be doing this. Like, and then, but it was funny. I think it was Kiku who pointed out like, well, you did steal this. So. Like, cause, uh, cause Law made a comment saying, like, you know, this isn't like pirates being nice. Like, what the hell is this all about? Cause, you know, their pirates are not supposed to be nice. But, um, he's like, yeah, I guess it was pretty nice. But then Kiku's like, well, you did steal it. So technically, <laughs> yeah. So they did steal it, but they're giving it to the. It's like stealing from the rich to give to the poor. It's like a little Robin Hood moment. And uh, Law's frustrated because he's like, now you know they're really gonna go after them. You know, Hold'em just got beat. Jack is gonna be called. Everyone like they know that you know the the town just got fed the the treasure ship the the from the paradise farm and you know like this is no bueno this is as law said this is like a rebellion against the land of Wano and shit's about to go down but Luffy don't care he's just following his own way and uh, living his own life but. Uh, but then Law says, you know, we we got to bounce. We got to get the fuck out of here. You know, we can't stay here. They're going to come after us. So they get on the, the freaking big-ass Komachio dog. And uh, Kiku tags along. And um, as far as we know in the story so far, Kiku's not really, shouldn't really be that important. She'd be that close to us. You know, she, why is she coming with us? And so she's just, because cause, uh, Law said that they're going to go to Odin Castle, the ruins of Odin Castle, and that's where they're going to go, and so she wants to see the ruins of Odin Castle, and Law is a little suspicious, he's like, uh, why the hell are you coming, and Luffy's like, ah, it's okay, and, and Zoro's like, she's hiding something, so Zoro's intuitions are flaring up, and, uh, it's interesting to see where we go from here, but then the episode ends with a huge fucking, like, cliffhanger, Reveal that at the top of the Odin Castle it are the graves of Momonosuke, Kinemon, Kanjiro, Raizo, and Odin. And this is shock because they're you know they're talking about the ghosts of Wano and like them being ghosts and like wait what the fuck it gives you like a a what the fuck for those you know who don't know what's going on like if you haven't read the manga you're like wait a minute what the fuck. There's graves, you know. This happened like what twenty years ago, and uh, and so they're you know their graves are there and they're supposed to be dead and they're the ghosts of Wano. So it makes you think like is Momonosuke and Kinemon and all them are they ghosts? Like are they are they really alive? Like what's going on? But you know, spoiler alert, as we know, like they just you know traveled through time. And they were assumed to be dead. So technically, you know, according to the land of Wano, all the people of Wano, they are supposed to be dead. So they are kind of like ghosts, metaphorically speaking, in their sense. But literally, in, in to the people of Wano. Um, 
But yeah, that's a huge cliff height hanger. Uh, watching it with Uzumaki Khan, this fool was fucking sh- shocked. This fool was, um, you know, I'm missing the word here, but this fool was like shook. That's the word. This fool was shook. He stared straight into the camera, like, what the fuck? The ghosts and their graves and man, crazy cliffhanger. So, uh, next week we should get a little bit more clarification on that. Uh, next week, you know, we get introduced to Kiyoshiro. We get introduced, and we're gonna be introduced to the to the ghost story, and you know the anime is is uh, hyping up pretty fast here soon. Um, the end of Act One should be coming up soon, and uh, the Kaido reveal should be soon. So I'm really excited for the anime coming up next month, November should be a good one. The end of the year should probably mark the end of Act One. So yeah, um, anime episode pretty good. I give it a solid what four? I'll give it maybe four, four out of five um, rating or eight out of ten. It was a good one. Uh, animation was good. wasn't too bad, but well, maybe I'll drop it down to like seven or seven point five or something like that. Cause you know it, the pacing wasn't. I don't know. A lot didn't happen, but I did like that they stretched it out. You know, made it more a feel good kind of episode. A good cliffhanger. Nah, but I'll bump it back up to eight. Eight, yeah. Eight sounds good. It was a good episode. I recommend it. So, yeah. So, I'll see you guys next week for episode 909. And, um, yeah. So, the next segment I will be, uh, as you guys should know, uh, the One Piece movie, Stampede, has has been released it is out now so if you're listening to this now before halloween go see it quick like right now before it doesn't air anymore i've seen the dub with my daughter and my uh my friend carlos and uh my girlfriend cynthia as well we all all four of us went to go see the dub uh last saturday this past saturday the 26th i think it was and uh, it was pretty good. So I'm going to get into the next segment right now, talking about that and my experience with that. So, yeah. So I'll see you guys in the next segment. up guys we're back again once again this time i am talking about the one piece stampede movie um yeah i saw it with my daughter the other day and she loved it uh it was a great uh great movie um i posted about it on twitter so if you guys have not followed me on twitter at baker turtle 17 um and the baker turtle podcast baker turtle pod um, follow me there, but I'm just basically going to read what I had said, um, a little brief summary about it, and then I'll go into a little bit more depth about it. So, 
This is what I wrote. I said, I watched One Piece Stampede last night. It was a fun, action-packed movie filled with tons of cameos. The beginning felt a bit rushed and awkward, but the action began very quickly. Bullet is a crazy-ass villain who's OP as fuck. I loved the first fight. I love that the first fight was a showcasing of the supernova's abilities. Favorite moments include Snake Man, Brooks Fart, uh, Sanji vs. Smoker, Usopp standing up to fight Bullet, Zoro vs. Fujitora, Sabo's introduction, everything Hancock, and the final fight team up. And obviously Luffy crushing the eternal pose at the end. So the art was amazing. And the fights were very fluid. Story was poor, but the action made up for it. My MVPs were Usopp, Hancock, and Sabo. And overall, it was a great movie filled with non-stop action. Some funny moments helped keep a mostly dark movie very lighthearted. Overall grade, 8 out of 10, I would recommend. So, to elaborate a little bit more about that. So, the beginning um, was very was a bit rushed and awkward. So, uh, we start off... Um, so I want to make a quick comment. So when it first starts, we start off with Blackbeard. It's a, it's two years ago and when impaled down and he starts off with the laugh. It's like, you don't see anything to hear. Ha ha ha. Right. And I swear, dude, when I first heard this, I thought it was the sub because of how good the laugh was. Cause I remember in the dub, I've, I've been watching the dub with my daughter and bruh, Cole Brown's laugh for Blackbeard was just very weird like it was like z ha ha it was like he was reading it instead of actually trying to laugh and he was it was very um weird the dub cole brown he was saying z ha 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 and like i never liked the dub laugh for blackbeard but you know uh rest in peace cole brown um chris roger was is now the new blackbeard and i got it this is his first um uh appearance his first um work done as blackbeard and i gotta say it was it was a plus a one because i swear i thought it was the sub with by how good that laugh it was like ha 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 just like how it is in the uh sub so you know kudos to that and uh so it starts off with him releasing the level six impel down prisoners and bullet douglas bullet is one of those guys so that's where it starts. Then we get introduced to Buena Fiesta, uh, Buena Festa, whatever, uh, Vista. And he uh, he wants to do his whole, you know, the pirate festival thing and attract everybody. And then we go into, you know, the Straw Hat crew. And they're just like, all of a sudden, they're just on a journey to this place. And they're there. And it's just, it feels very, like, rushed. Like, everyone now all of a sudden... All the pirates are showing up to this place, and it's just, like, quick, like, very quick. I'm just, like, you see, like, Smoker and Tashigi, you see Law, you see um, the Supernovas, everyone's being, like, everyone's there, and it's just, like, the interactions are very, just, like, it didn't feel very uh, natural. It didn't seem like it. It, it just seems like, oh, boom, we're here. This is what's happening. And I just get used to it. It's like, okay, we're just like, get, jump right into it. And then um, as soon as that happens, like, we're, they're all just like sailing through and they're trying to, I guess they're, um, this is, they're, they know that this is about Roger's treasure. 
and um like not the one piece obviously but just another one of roger's treasure and uh so they're all like trying to get there for it and then all of a sudden like a knock up stream from the middle of the island knocks up like this big old island up in the bubble in the top and uh and they're all racing to go up there and then you can then there's like an, an announcer like and then just like explaining that like oh the treasure's up there and like it just happened really quickly like, all of a sudden like maybe like 20 minutes into the film they're all racing to get to the top to the to this island and uh but the animation's great like the cameos has got to be like it's it's strength here you see all the supernovas we see bartolomeo we see cavendish they're all just here you know um and uh, i love the new uh uh post time skip outfits we see beige's new he, he's got like a white outfit um i loved that i loved seeing uh drake um and all of them you know there's apu in them obviously this is just like a side movie so they're not all in wanos i guess this is this is after whole cake island because later on in the movie you hear that luffy has the 1.5 billion bounty so it's already after whole cake island but i guess before wano um so yeah so we go up there and then action starts immediately like they're, they're just racing for the treasure there's like a um a box a treasure chest and everyone's racing to go over there the supernovas in there and they're all just like all of a sudden one-on-one -on -one fighting each other and then boom we get quick actions like poof, poof, like and that was that that was some of the best parts of the movie um you see you know uh uh who 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 fights who fights um the kid kid definitely is fighting um you know law isn't really there of uh, trying to get the treasure he um he uses his well, buggies there buggy uh he's uh there's like a little interaction between law and buggy and then they like he law uses his powers to get the get himself on the straw hat ship and he tells them right away that like oh there's some shit going down and they're all, they're at the top of this this island area place, but uh, then once they get the treasure, uh, Buggy gets the treasure first, I believe, and then uh, then Luffy goes and he's about to get it, and then they're like they have the the box, and then like, I guess no Buggy opens it first, and like you don't get to see what's inside, and like they you see their reaction though, they're like oh my god, like this really exists and so you see like reaction after reaction of them seeing what's inside the trash the chest and they're shocked by like you know like what the fuck like this is the treasure like this is crazy like one after another and then um i think at the end of it usab gets it and uh usab gets the chest and he's like i got it and then boom i don't know where fucking bullet comes um and in the while this all this fighting is going on, Buena Vista, he's like doing his little underground shady shit. Like, that's where it gets dark. Like he goes underground. It's like a dark cavern. It's like, and then you see like the shadow of Bullet. He's like, it's time. Like you know, now's your chance and and all this stuff. And then he goes up there and then uh, he does that. And then um, before all this, you know, Smoker and Tashigi are like undercover, and he tells Tashigi to stay down here. Smoker goes, and he's gonna like search underground because like this this is fishy. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And then um, um, fucking uh, 
Um, so Bully is there, and then like he shows up, and poof, you see fucking Usopp. Like, you don't see him do anything to Usopp. You just see like all of a sudden now Usopp's all beat the fuck up. He's just like knocked out, bleeding, and he's holding Usopp by his head. And he he tosses Luffy, tosses him, and Luffy tries to to get him, but then like he attacks Luffy, and then all the supernova are there. Like what the fuck? And then all of a sudden now there's like a big like all out fucking attack on this bullet guy and bruh this dude is like he's fast as fuck faster than all of them he's just taking their hits like Pooh's using his fucking beat to blast them and like some of this stuff looks like it hurts him but he just gets right back up and then Kid is trying to attack him and fucking uh um you know Beige turns into the the to the big father. He's huge in this little funny part. Like Luffy's like ah, like he's surprised about it and like uh, uh you know, it's so awesome. But he's huge. But then Bullet just smashes him just like Big Mom did. He's definitely a Yonko level, like Kaido level almost. Like this shit's crazy. Um, he's just beating them all the fuck up. And then uh, Luffy goes uh. Uh, snake man gear forth and he tries attacking him and uh you know they're all the supernovas are just like going after him and like this fool still gets the fuck up and like, like nothing happens to him and then uh he uses his he reveals his ship it's like a little i don't know like a like a metal cargo underground submarine kind of thing and like he uses i guess he he has a devil fruit he uses his devil fruit powers which uh, it, this is one of the lamest devil fruits because it just seems like it's just there to be like overpowered which is like he can you know turn weaponize anything like he can weaponize whatever he touches and it becomes a, like a weapon like a, a part of him or whatever so he kind of merges like a transformer with his ship and becomes his you know like a metal like a weapon robot kind of thing and he just basically destroys everybody and then um and then all all the while like this happened um while you know Luffy and them Luffy Zoro and them had gotten off you know when they had gotten to go try to go to get the treasure law had explained to them about like he knows what's going on that you know there's some shady shit and he's going to show them where to go so he takes like basically the screw gets split in half you got Brooke um Brooke, Sanji, Robin, and Chopper go in the little shark submarine thing. They go all the way back down the knockup stream back to the island on the ground. And they go and they find the underground part and then they see where like um and then they find out they're like sneaking the covert. And this is where Brooke's fart happens. It's one of the funniest moments. Like they're just there sneaking, trying to be quiet, like shh. And all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> and then it's there, then the chopper's like, "What the heck, Brooke?" And he's like, "You couldn't hold it in." He's like, "I got no butt cheeks." <laughs> and I was like, "Bruh," that had me dying because you know he got no butt cheeks to let out the fart. But you would think that if he had no butt cheeks, it would just be like wind, like <sighs> you know. But no, no, it's just comedic effect. But that shit was really funny. Had ever had me me dying up in there, but. Then while they're, you know, sneaking down there, they find out that they're going to call a buster call 
to destroy and like they basically is a is a trap for all the pirates and they're gonna they had a deal with the navy for a buster call but while they're down there smoker sneaks his way down there and he sees them and he thinks that they're doing some shit and so there's a little scuffle between uh smoker and sanji and that that's one another one of the badass fights like he tries to capture uh uh, Robin and Brooke and Chopper and them, but Sanji comes in using his hockey to attack, and it's some good, fluid, and nice action battle fight going on there. I like that, and then like Law's there, and somehow you know they they uh, Sanji fends them off. Br- uh, Robin, uh, Brooke, and Chopper escape, and then Law stays down there and tells smoker like about like he's got like a plan to figure this shit out and uh and yeah so sanji and them you know they escape and then smoker and law they stay behind but um all the meanwhile this is when bullet is attacking the supernovas they get defeated um it was pretty cool because you see like them all in their forms you know drake in his fucking Zoan form, you know, Hawkins using his straw straw fruit with the thing, and then you see uh, Kid with the huge metal, you see uh, Roge, like, use his retribution, and you see, oh yeah, Bonnie's there, but she didn't do shit, like, she, uh, she's probably the least effective supernova there, because, you know, her powers are, is just to turn people young and old, and she can't even get, she can't even touch bullet because if she were to be able to touch him you know she could turn him into a baby but like she she can't even do shit so they just all get defeated luffy included and then um all the meanwhile like usa fucking like gets up this is one of the best parts you know he's all beaten up and he's like he's like he's not gonna give up and he's all like frustrated that he's weak and he can't do anything and so um you know, he says he's, one of his lines is like he's a sniper. He's there for support. So he uses his, you know, Kabuto slingshot thing to uh, it looked like it, it doesn't do any effect. Like he does some seeds. He shoots some seeds at, at uh, bullets, little machine thing, and they just bounce off and some go inside the little cracks. But they don't do anything. They don't explode. They don't do anything. They're just kind of it's just like he's trying to hit them with like little tiny fucking seed bullets or whatever. And they're not doing any effect. But then he gets beat again, and then, uh, who was it? But somebody shows up, and, uh, shit, who was it? Damn, it happened a couple days, like, three days ago. So it's hard to remember, but after, you know, uh, Bullet, he, he, he uses his awakening. I think he destroys that, the island on the top, and then, like, he uses his awakening to basically merge with the island and uh at this point you know the navy's shown up the buster call um you know uh smoker realizes it and then they're all just like kind of trapped there and then some more people start showing up the vice admiral starts showing up and then um you know uh luffy wakes up um usopp is there and uh, just a little touching moment with Usopp and Luffy. Usopp's crying, saying he's sorry that like, he doesn't deserve to be on his crew because he's so weak and he doesn't feel like he could do anything. And and 
and Luffy says, "Don't worry, like I'll I'll beat I'll beat him." And he gets up and he's fine. And all the while, uh, um, this is when like the Buster call, all the Navy starts showing up. Kobe shows up. Hina shows up. Um, freaking uh, Fujitora shows up, and this is when Zoro clashes with him. They have like a badass fight. They're pretty even. They don't get any like clean shots on each other. Um, Zoro does his beast ass attack and Fujitora does an attack and they're just like you know clashing against each other and then at some point Fujitora's like bitch I gotta I got bounce out of here he just does a quick like fucking gravity attack into the to the sky and he's like peace and then like some meteors come down oh yeah and then before this uh you know Mihawk has shown up when the when the navy when the navy arrived and uh so once Fujitora has the meteor coming down then fucking Zoro does his best attack. He's like saying, you know, like with the, with the nine worlds and the, and the, all these divine and all this stuff, whatever. It's like one billion or three or six nine billion fold or I forgot what the attack like three billion fold, um, attack, and he splits the meteor in half, right? But then the meteor is like now it's just split in two. Now we got just two half sized meteors about to crash into everybody. It doesn't really do. It just, all he did was split it and redirect it. But then fucking Mihawk out of fucking nowhere just obliterates all the whole meteor into like fragments. And he just pieces the fuck out. He's like, you know, like, I did not sign up for this shit. So he he's out of there. Um, and then, you know, Hancock arrives. You know, all, this, all the Shichibukai show up. Uh, Hancock shows up. Well, Weevil doesn't show up at all. That's interesting. Weevil doesn't show up. Hancock showed up. Um, Crocodile had showed up earlier. I think he he, he had shown up earlier when um, Sanji and them found out about... Uh, what's his name? Um, with Smoker and they found out about the Buster Call and stuff. So we knew Smoke uh, Crocodile was there, and then, uh, so this whole time, Bullet's just like his whole ambition is he wants to be the strongest. He he's relying on only himself, and he's just like he wants to be the new like king of the pirates, and then like he's just using uh, you know, his pure strength. He's like a huge ass fucking mountain. Like forgot who he reminded me of, but. It's basically just a huge ass mountain. Um, he's like the size of the whole island, uh, fused with it. And then Buena Vista, the the dude who threw the pirate festival, he was just obsessed with the whole with Gold Roger's speech of you know inciting the new pirate era. And I guess he wanted to do the same, but like his own. He wanted to get rid of Roger's era and make his own era, where he's the one like in charge now. But he kind of wanted to like wipe out everybody first like he want to wipe out all the main pirates now and then start a new era with him as as the the one leading the way and uh yeah so there was that and then by the end of it at this point um then sabo shows up that was pretty cool because like um smoker is fighting somebody and then 
Sabo comes in with his fire attack. I think he was, Smoker was trying to get Luffy, and Sabo shows up, and he's fighting Smoker a little bit, but they just cancel each other out, you know. And then this is when the ending, the end uh, part, the the end of the 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 tag team, um, the final team up is. Uh, I think it's so Law shows up with Smoker because he has the plan. <coughs> <clears throat> Luffy had just told Usopp like he got this, he's gonna do it this time. Uh, smoke, so Smoker, Law, Luffy, Hancock's there, Buggy's there, but you know he ain't doing really shit. Uh, there was another funny part with Hancock. He's all look, she's looking for Luffy, and uh, she sees like in the rubble, she sees a like some red, something red stuck in the rubble. And she starts pulling on it, thinking it's Luffy, but it's just fucking Buggy's nose. And so she gets pissed and she kicks him, saying, "How dare you touch me!" But you know, that was pretty funny. But but yeah, so there's Buggy, Hancock, Smoker, Law, Luffy, Sabo, and I think that's it. Oh yeah, and Crocodile shows up, and uh, so they're all they all team up, and they have a plan to Law has a plan to to crack. I guess the whole idea is that Bullet doesn't like when something goes wrong. So he's going to, like, make a hole, a crack in in his armor or whatever. And then he's going to want to fix it. And while he's doing that, um, then that's when they use that opportunity to attack. But so Hancock is pissed uh, at him for attacking Luffy. So she goes and, like... and. Hancock is strong as fuck. She showcases this in, in this freaking in this movie. She goes in and she just I think she cracks him. Like she just goes and straight kicks the shit out of his like his uh torso area and does this huge ass attack. It was boss as fuck. And uh so they're they're trying to like make a crack through his um it has to do with like his devil fruit because he's like forged with the mountain and he's he made it into a, a weapon of his body or whatever, but he's inside, kind of like a transformer, you know. <coughs> and uh, and then, um, I think the idea was Law used his room powers to like move some stuff that's inside <coughs> inside one of his arms, and they end up making some space. And then they get it trapped, and then, like, uh, they get some things stuck up in there, and then, uh, all the while, um, Luffy turns gear fourth, and he's, like, blowing up his arm, like, a big-ass balloon, going, like, gear third in gear fourth, and he's just there, floating in the air, um, waiting to, like, he's just... Kind of like the the King Punch dude. Like, he's just there charging up. So, Luffy's just in the sky charging up his big-ass fist while the whole other rest of the team are, like, weakening and trying to crack open um, Bullet. (coughs) And, and yeah, so, eventually, they, they cut off one of his arms. They crack open one of his arms. And, uh... Shit was pretty, pretty tight, pretty tight. And then Luffy does his big ass fucking, his King King Kong, like double King Kong attack. King Kong gun. Uh, 
Um, and he basically like shatters that shit, and uh, they defeat Bullet, cause uh, then there was like this one point where after that, like he he's just fighting like his with his own body, and Luffy's trying to fight him, and then the the key moment that. That won the fight actually was when they're both like trying to like they they're like punching each other's fists and they're trying to like you know um, blow the other one back and uh, bullets saying like why like you know you're so weak you know using your friends they're useless and like the whole friend thing and like you don't need anybody like I don't need anybody the whole alone thing and then the thing that got that got bullet was Luffy saying like you're wrong because you forgot. Everybody who helped you get to where you are now, and then he, then bullets is like shocked, and he has, he has a little flashback remembering that when he was on Roger's crew, that the reason why you know bullet got so strong was because Roger kept you know fighting him, and he he that's how bullet trained. Like Roger kept beating him, and Roger looks back at him, smiles, and says, "I'll fight you anytime." Like basically, you know, like. I'll spar with you anytime. I love fighting. Like, and Bullet forgot that, like, Roger helped him become who he was. And that little moment of weakness is what gave him, gave Luffy the opportunity to, you know, um, use the strength to it, to beat, to beat him back and, and basically beat him. And, uh, so yeah, they, they defeated Bullet. Then he finds the, the treasure. It's, um, and it turns out that the the treasure all along was an eternal pose to Laftel. And so the movie reveals that it's not Raftel, like R-A-F-T-E-L. It's actually Laftel, like Laugh, L-A-U-G-H, Laugh, and then T-A-L-E, Tail. So that's interesting. Um, I think that's canon because that's the first time it's been spelled out. So that's official. It's now Laftel. And then... Yes, but then uh, Luffy finds that, and then he's like, what? I don't want no shortcuts, and he crushes it, and um, everyone's shocked. Like, what? Like, that was basically, like, One Piece. Like, you just follow that, and you can find One Piece, and he said he doesn't want he doesn't want the journey if it's going to be that easy. He doesn't want any shortcuts. To him, it's like it's about the adventure, about finding it himself, and uh, and yeah, so... And then at the end, you know, the Navy's coming, and then they're about to capture him, but then uh, Sabo comes and saves the day. He, like, one of the main things was that at the end, he uh, he gives, because one of the, I forgot to talk about Anne. She's, like, part of the the pirate festival thing, but her power is that she can take any picture and, like, make, like, a, a holographic, like, you know, like a, an Obi-Wan Kenobi kind of thing. And so she showcased it by getting a picture of a dragon and then, like, she holographic dragon and it looked like it looked real but then so at the end Sabo gives her a picture and says can you make something with this and she's like yeah and then so um so she does it and then uh turns out it was ace so at the end like the all the pirates got saved because Sabo and ace used their fire powers to carve a path for all the pirates to go basically a wall of fire and that's the end of the movie 
So um, it was pretty good. Like I said, overall grade, 8 out of 10. I would recommend it. Had some funny moments. Like the ending, the last half was really dark. It was basically just bullet going crazy on the whole island as a huge island mountain monster, like all evil, you know, and them just fighting and a lot of people getting hurt and a lot of destruction, a lot of fucking, you know, fighting and stuff. But, um... But yeah, the final team up fight, it was pretty good. Uh, Nice coordination and shit. But like I said, Usopp for his speech. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that when um, the reason that one of the main reasons why Bullet was defeated was because uh, later on when they made the crack and um, Bullet tried to to come back and... uh, Usopp's seeds that he shot in actually ended up sprouting from the high impact and they they grew into big ass vines, big ass plants that basically broke down his machine and so he couldn't use his weaponized machine anymore so it was just him and his human form and that's when Luffy and him had the one-on-one and all that stuff so Usopp was MVP for that for setting the seeds as support he stood up to him when all the supernovas were, you know, defeated. Um, and, you know, he he didn't feel worthy enough to be on Luffy's crew. But, you know, he showed showcased his his abilities. Like as as far as it comes to like, you know, Frankie didn't really do much. Um, Nami, she did a lot of electric attacks. Like that's basically all she did. She was just on the sunny Frankie and Nami were, were the ones just guarding the ship the whole time. And uh, they didn't do much. Uh, Robin didn't really do much. She was support. She just used like her powers to like. She made wings at some at one point. Um, Robin didn't do much. Chopper didn't do much. Brooke didn't do much. Oh yeah, uh, there was gonna be like when Usopp was trying to save, trying to get Luffy after they got defeated by Bullet. So it was like flames and it was about to crash on Usopp, but then Brooke came and like used his ice powers to freeze it and and Chopper did a lot of healing. He tried to heal Law, he healed Luffy, he healed Usopp a little bit, but but yeah, Usopp definitely one of my MVPs. Hancock, she showcased her strength. She was beating up everybody. She was funny. She was one of the funny moments. Like she was always like fawning over Luffy and you know, she uh, she drove the last half of the fight. She was the first one to attack Bullet um, at when, when when they did their team up, and then Sabo Sabo for you know coming in to Joker. Uh, like that was probably one of the the most exciting parts of the movie in the theater. Like everybody cheered at that point when Sabo was introduced, and it was like, "Yeah, it's my boy!" And then at the end, he saved the day by having him and Ace, you know, use the fire to to save the pirates from the navy and uh oh yeah and then freaking uh rob lucci was there but he like he didn't really need to be there they could have just cut his part out but he was there to uh try to take the treasure but you know luffy crushed it before and then um zoro was i think no sanji kind of clashed with him a little bit while zoro so who did zoro clash with uh crocodile I don't know, I can't remember, but uh, when they were trying to get the treasure, 
Luffy was trying to get the treasure. Like Zoro and Sanji, fed, like held held them off, and uh, Rob Lucci with Sanji. It was just like a like a couple seconds, but yeah, Lucci didn't need to be there. Uh, but Savo helped out, so yeah. So you guys should definitely go see it. It's definitely a, a good movie for those who like uh, cameo, like who are just real big fans of One Piece already. Like as far as like new fans go, like. Anybody who's trying to get into it, uh, it's not it's not good. It's not that great. Uh, like I said, it's 8 out of 10. But that's only coming from me because of, I'm a huge One Piece fan. And you, I, I counted like at least 6 or 7 Pandamans. <laughs> that was pretty cool, pretty funny. Um, but it was really fast. A lot, a lot to take in. A lot of characters take in. They just had like maybe a couple minutes of screen time. And... Uh, yeah, it was just an action field like like they say it was like a '90s Dragon Ball Z thing. Like one big ass villain goes crazy, and then everybody has to team up to try to take him down. So, yeah. So there goes my uh, One Piece Stampede half-ass shitty review. Uh, would recommend, but yeah. So I'm gonna end the podcast here, you guys, and uh, I'll get into house cleaning in a little bit, but. Please, if you're listening to this now, please try to watch the movie in the theaters before it's too late. And, um, and yeah, so uh, until next time, guys, uh, I'll, I'll catch you guys right now in the ending segment. And that, you guys, is the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, for making it this long. I really love my fans and all my supporters out there. Much love, you know, virtual fist bump. And, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in. Like I always say, you know, I I will be doing this as long as the One Piece chapters are still going. I will be reviewing them regardless of my viewership. Uh, This is something I do for myself. So don't worry about this going away. The only thing that um, that is becoming less and less is just my regular podcast, because, you know, I do that mainly when things I want to talk about. But if I get, you know, people who want to listen more and more then I will uh, do more regular podcasts where, like, you know, I talk with my friends about certain subjects or we just, you know, just have casual conversations and just regular free-flowing conversational podcasts. Uh, let me know if you guys want some more of that. Um, if I see that I'm getting more views on my shit, then I'll do that. My last podcast was kind of a big hit. Um, I've got four views um but that was about the n-word so if you guys want to check that one out it's my my basically my opinion my thought process my um exercise of working out my own thoughts of about the controversy surrounding the n-word go ahead and check out my episode there you can check you can find my podcast at baker turtle on spotify Castbox, anchor apple Podcasts, google podcasts um and all those other you know platforms if you can't find it just follow my social media pages on instagram at baker turtle 17 and i'm mainly on twitter at baker turtle 17 there but i do also have specifically my podcast accounts so if you want to just follow my podcast accounts and you don't want any of my personal shit you don't want like my personal you know pictures on instagram or you don't want my personal um tweets on twitter go ahead and follow on twitter i'm at baker turtle pod 
And then on Instagram, I'm at Baker underscore Turtle underscore podcast. So if you want to follow directly the podcast, go ahead and follow those accounts. But uh, I, I highly recommend my Twitter account. That's where I post most things, most of my opinions and views. And I also post my uh, my Inktober art drawings there. I post my uh, podcast episodes there. Everything is at that hub. And then everything else I kind of split up and split around. But yeah, go ahead and follow me there if you guys want more of me. If not, then you know don't do anything. Don't shut the podcast off right now. Say fuck you or whatever. Do whatever you want. I don't care. You have your own freedom of speech and expression. It's not gonna hurt my feelings. Just uh just know that, you know, the more supporters I get for this podcast, the more I'll be doing it. Uh if you guys want to tune in this weekend, I will be having a fight companion with my buddy Carlos, probably my brother as well, Trevor. Uh, he's been a recurring fight companion guest. Um, this weekend we have on November 2nd at MSG, we have the BMF belt, the baddest motherfucker belt on the line, uh, UFC 244, and that's Jorge Masvidal versus nate diaz and uh that should be a good one so that that's should be the next podcast i i want to do a, a conversational one pretty soon maybe with my daughter uh I've talked to her about how school's going she has started uh watching harry potter so maybe uh i can ask her about how she feels about harry potter Maybe she, we can do reviews and stuff like that. I don't know. Who knows? But just let me know, and I'll do them if I have listeners, if you guys care about that stuff. But um, anyways, uh, this has gone, has gone on far too long. So, uh, again, thank you guys for tuning into the podcast and uh, supporting me. I want to give a shout-out to my main um, supporters. On Twitter is Red Shanks, uh, Red Hair Shanks, I think, Red Hair Shank or something like that. He's been my number one podcast supporter. Uh, I know he's been liking them on Twitter and been retweeting them and, you know, retweeting my artwork as well. Thank you, Red Shank, uh, Red Hair Shank. And then uh, I want to give a shout out to my other biggest supporters, Daniela and Michelle. You guys are, are, you know, MVPs out there always liking my shit, supporting me and uh, listening to my stuff. So I really appreciate that. Also, um uh occasionally i do know that my dad listens to these things so i want to give a shout out to him as well but other than that let's just close out this episode and i will see you guys next time until then Hit me, my